everyone welcome to another episode of the show about titanic this is your host edward and today we are interviewing kyle from ocean gate explorations in washington state so let's jump right in and learn what it's like to dive down to the titanic okay so let's hop into this interview can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself and the organization that you work for absolutely so my name is kyle bingham I'm the expedition manager for Ocean Gate Expeditions. We're based uh, north of Seattle in Washington State in the U.S. And we own and operate three different manned submersibles. So little submarines that go really, really deep. And uh, this last year, we concluded our second expedition to the wreck of the Titanic. So, Kyle, uh, what got you interested or like what got your company interested to do like dives to the Titanic? The Titanic is is very well known. Everybody has some attachments, I think, to the Titanic. A lot of the rules and laws now in maritime were established or changed because the Titanic sank. So it's a very notable wreck. As a submersible company, it's a great place to start. We develop deep diving subs with the hopes to dive all different wrecks in all different places in the future. And I think We've done several projects before, shallower dives, but the Titanic is really something that called to us, calls to everybody, I think, um, and a great place to explore. And, and, and you know, from a marine science standpoint, it's an artificial reef that's really deep in a really unique part of the North Atlantic. So there's a few different reasons why I think the Titanic was, was hot on our list. Okay, so what exactly does Ocean Gate do when they're down at the shipwrecks? I mean, there's a few different pieces that come into play. So we have opportunities for people to pay to join, to go down and explore with us. And that helps pay for the ship and the subs and the team to go. We have researchers that go and explore marine biology and underwater archaeology. And then some of our submersibles we use for inspections or partnerships or contracts with the government to go look at maybe a shipwreck that could potentially leak oil or fuel and uh, pollute somewhere. We can go inspect that. So we have a few different things that we can do with our submersibles. So could you go down to the Titanic, just like take a load of photos, just send them out to the international trades boards, for example. It's like, oh, thank you for the photos. We'll now analyze them. Blop, bleep, blop, blop. Analyze the photos and then get back some results. Yeah. Yeah. The photo collection video, high definition video and images there's a lot of different groups out there that are interested in seeing those and they can look at things that we might not understand, you know, things that might help shipbuilding in the future or preservation for marine habitats. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. We go down there, like our, our deepest diving sub, which is the one we use at the Titanic is called Titan. And it's very innovative. It's carbon fiber and titanium. It has a big, huge window in the front, which is great for taking high definition pictures and video of things like the Titanic and, and the debris field all around it. So can you like go into, for example, the Ocean Gate website and just have a look at these photos or are they like you could have to go and contact you guys like directly? They come out slowly. So we produce the photos or the videos and oftentimes they go to universities or educational institutions first. 
But a big piece of what we want to do is be able to release all these photos and images to the general public to make it public knowledge. If we hold some of that stuff back for a video production, for a documentary we're filming, those kind of pieces. But in time, we want to be able to have it on the website, have it in places where people can go access it uh, freely and for free. So roughly how much does it cost to go down to the Titanic? It's probably very expensive to say the least. I mean, like mm -hmm. you have to go like a massive submarine. Yeah, it is expensive. Um, when you think about how big of an operation it is, it kind of makes more sense. So we do the expedition all summer long. It's five missions. So we start in St. John's, Newfoundland, and we go on this big 300-foot-long expedition ship. It's like a big pickup truck in the ocean. And there's 40 so or so people on board the ship. And um, we steam out to the dive site to do the dives with our submersible. And it takes a lot of resources, a lot of logistics to get things out there and fuel and you know, paying people for their time and all those pieces play into it. So ultimately, to, to pay to go to the Titanic, it's $250,000 for one person to go down there for the experience. But they get to participate in, in all sorts of parts of the, the expedition, not just waiting for their turn to go down there. But that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea, too, of how big, how expensive these expeditions really are. So how many submarines do you have besides Titan? And what are they all called and what jobs do they all have necessarily? So we have three uh, submersibles in total. One's called Antipodes, and it's here in Washington State. It doesn't dive as deep. It dives around 300 meters. It's really pretty cool. It's a little bit older, uh, but it's great for training, inspection, exploring shallower areas. We have another one called Cyclops, and it looks a lot like Titan, the one that we take to the Titanic, but in the front, instead of a window, the whole thing is clear. It's like a bubble in the front. Uh, that one goes to 500 meters, so a little bit deeper. And then Titan, the one I mentioned, it's carbon fiber and titanium. We built it in collaboration with NASA and Boeing and a whole bunch of aerospace companies, and it goes to 4,000 meters deep. Wow, that, I'm sorry, but that's just deep. Very deep. Uh, so can you go through all the subs, like in terms of safety measures? Yeah. the Safety-wise, submersibles are really, really safe. One thing that's neat about the deep ocean or the ocean in general is the conditions are always the same. So if you're in an airplane, you get winds or weather. Things can always change under the ocean. It's, it's always pretty much the same. The temperature in the deep ocean is the same no matter where you go. We know that the pressure is always the same because it's constant depending on how deep you go with water. So that way we can kind of uh, look at our safety factors from the construction of the submersible and then build them greater than what we would expect those pressures to be. So like Titan being carbon fiber and titanium, the carbon fiber is really innovative and it's really pretty new for submersibles. But we've built several models, scale models, and we've taken them to a place in Annapolis, Maryland. It's called the deep ocean test facility, and it's an above ground pressure chamber where we can test things, we can test the submersible as a whole or different components to make sure they operate and work correctly when they're deep in the ocean and have all that pressure around them. So in that regard, you know, that's really safe. The way that we engineer it, the way we think about those pressures and combat them. Inside the sub, the atmosphere, uh, the breathing air, 
as one thing too that we really think about and consider. And we actually use kind of the same principle as you would in space. We don't have pressurized air like a scuba tank. Instead, we use a special material that takes the carbon dioxide out of the air. We add a little bit of oxygen and it just keeps it just like we're breathing or you and I are here talking on the surface of the earth, the breathable air. So the pressure doesn't change, but we just keep the air oxygenated and keep the CO2 out of it. So how long does it take to get down to the Titanic? Like, for example, like, does it take, like, 10 hours to get down to it? That's, like, probably not going to happen. But, like, for example, like, would it take very long or, like, wouldn't be too short at all? Uh, it's about two hours, two to two and a half hours to go from the surface all the way down to the Titanic. So... Like, what amenities do you have in the subs? For example, the Titanic one. Like, are you allowed to bring your phone down? Or, like, maybe something bad's going to happen to your phone? No, I have no clue, really. I've not been to the Titanic. (laughs) No, inside the sub, it's just like we're sitting. So the pressure doesn't change. It's warm. You have a jacket. You know, you're breathing regular air and chatting with your friends. And uh, it's busy inside the sub. Uh, So we have cameras on the exterior of the sub. We're communicating with the surface all the time. We communicate via text message. So the text messages we type get translated and actually changed into acoustic sounds. And that travels through the water, kind of like how whales communicate to each other. And that sound gets translated again on on the surface to the ship. It gets turned back into text messages and we can say, hi, we're doing okay. Or, hey, we see the bow of the wreck. But inside the amenities, I guess, inside you're saying, um, even your phone, Inside the sub, we have Wi-Fi. It's not Wi-Fi that you could connect to the internet, but it's Wi-Fi you could connect to the sub. So you can use your iPhone and look at those exterior cameras and see what's around you. There's a restroom inside if you need. There's a privacy curtain and a small loo if you need to use that. These dives can be long, so sometimes you have to to use the restroom. When we bring snacks and water and a speaker for music, you can watch a movie. And a neat part, I think, inside the sub is there's no fixed seats. It's just kind of one big flat. It's very minimal. There's no pipes and valves and stuff everywhere. So you can lay back and relax. You can move around or change spots with somebody else and get different views. So it's, it's actually pretty comfy inside. So what exactly is the route that you do, like, you know, when you go down to the Titanic? Like, for example, go over the bow, take a couple photos, go over the grand staircase, like, you know. Mm-hmm. The route can change a little bit each time you go. So the goal is to land or to descend all the way down to the bow and do exactly what you just mentioned there. Explore the bow, the anchors, you know, go over the bridge and the grand staircase and see all those iconic spots. One thing that we have to combat with or take into consideration is the current. So on the surface, there's surface currents, the water's moving. And down deep at the wreck, there's also currents down there push us around that can move a little bit so you might descend from the surface and land on the bow one day and you might descend from the exact same spot because of the currents you're going to land maybe in the debris field or on the stern of the wreck the next day so we try and land on the bow each time but that can change so our objectives can change a little bit too so do you have to have any rovers like for example like i know that dr ballard had it when he went down to the 
shipwreck back in the 1980s. Did you have like, like, for example, Jason Jr. like went inside and took photos? We don't. Uh, we plan to have some flyaway ROVs in the future. Actually, we're building a couple of them right now, but we haven't used them yet. And a little bit different as times have changed. We don't go inside the wreck at all. We just look at things from the outside. So people don't really look inside the wreck or fly a flyaway ROV inside anymore. But in the future, we hope to have that. Maybe you can just get some different angles, you know, be able to go into a tighter spot. And with a submersible, you always want to be really cautious and really careful of where you're going around a wreck because the worst thing that could happen is you could get entangled by something. But if you had a flyaway ROV, like you mentioned, uh, you, you might be able to get a little bit closer. If it got stuck, it wouldn't be as big of a deal or as bad as the submersible itself got stuck somewhere. So do you ever take any artifacts, for example, like for scientific purposes? We don't. So we don't collect anything either. Uh, this sub right now doesn't even have manipulators or little hands or grabbers to take anything. The only samples we take are in the water column. So we don't actually pick up artifacts or take anything from the wreck. But we do collect water using these special contraptions called Niskin bottles to capture water around the wreck. And there's a company that we work with that can actually look at that water and find little pieces of DNA inside the water and tell us what's in that area. Whether it's sharks or fish or different creatures, they can identify what lives in that area just by capturing some water and looking at the DNA. So do you ever collect like, you know, rust coals growing on the side of this ship, you know, for scientific purposes? We still don't collect those either. Really, we don't collect anything that's hard, I guess, that way, but we do take really close-up pictures of the rusticles because we're working with a couple scientists to understand more about them, how fast they're growing, what they're comprised of, why they're growing in those areas. So we do, the other thing we really collect from the rusticles is really, really close-up pictures about those scientists identifying more about them. Did you ever see, like, any, not really scary moments, but, like, sad moments in a way when you were going down to the Titanic, like, I don't know, maybe a locket, for example, could be on the reef. Like, not on the reef, but on seabed? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. That it's very humbling to be there. And it's important that we think about where we're going when we do these expeditions. As exciting as the submersibles are, doing these big projects and diving deep in the ocean, once we get there and really think about the tragedy that happened and the people's lives who were touched, that they lost their lives or that survived or that changed because of the wreck. It's, it's very moving. It's sad at times. Even when you're on the surface, it's a, it's a special place on Earth. So there is a lot of that when you see things, personal effects that are on the seafloor, a teacup, a locket, maybe like you mentioned, a pair of shoes, and you understand what really happened there. It's, it's, uh, it's powerful. So, Kyle, uh, how can people, like, you know, get more interested in a way? Like, let's just say people are interested in, like, going down to the shipwreck, as you said earlier in the interview. Would they just go to, like, I don't know, like, a forum or something? Would they email you directly or something online like that? Yeah, the best way for people to actually get involved would be go to our website, OceanGateExpeditions.com. And there we share a lot of the videos and opportunities that people can get involved in. And essentially, yeah, if they'd like to join, there's a button. It says how to join in a form that you'd fill out that 
will receive and review and, and give you a call and chat about your interests and see if coming out to the Titanic is something that you really like to do. What are some of the requirements to go out? Requirements? I mean, a big sense of adventure is one of them. These expeditions aren't just trips. You don't just buy a ticket and go on a ride or wait your turn. The opportunity to come out and be involved in an expedition is very inclusive. So we want people who come out to be hands-on. They can get involved in nearly every aspect of the expedition if they like. They can learn how to maintain the sub or even learn how to drive it underwater. So there's not a whole lot that you need. You don't need to be a scuba diver. You don't need to have submersible experience. You just need a big sense of adventure and a little bit of general fitness, and we'll teach you the rest. Thank you, Kyle, for being on the show about Titanic. Yeah, Edward, thank you so much for your time uh, and chatting with me about the Titanic. Well, that concludes today's episode, so I hope everyone had fun listening to it. So don't forget to subscribe to the show about Titanic wherever you get your podcasts.